It's Monday night. It's January 24th, 2023. Episode 349 of the Tan and J-Man show is live on the ISC Sports Network, on the IS Sports Network, ISC Sports Network YouTube page, on their Twitter, or should I say X page, and on the Tan and J-Man show Facebook page. What's going on, J-Man? What do you think of Elon Musk rebranding Twitter? Stupid. Yep. Very stupid. And it sounds like they're not going to be able to get a patent for it, any of this, or not a patent, but a trademark for it because, like, uh, trying to, th- I, I read a whole thing about how the X thing's not going to work for Twitter. So it's not going to. Seems like uh, old, old Elon spent billions upon billions of dollars just to, I, 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 I don't get it. And I'm bored with him. And um, it's, I, I'm not, I'm not going to call it X. I'm going to call it Twitter. It's going to be Twitter forever. Well, the weird thing is, so you go on the mobile app today, right, for Twitter. It's Twitter. Looks like the normal layup. You go on the desktop app or desktop version of Twitter, which I have up here. It's already redesigned with an X in the left-hand corner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see that as well because I have it up on my desktop as well. And uh, that's the first yep. time I've seen it. So it'll only be a matter of time probably until our phones update that uh, Yep. it'll be X. So uh, it's stupid. Um, it's been, you know, Twitter for how many years now? 16 years, something like that. Since 2006, Um, Twitter launched. 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just don't understand why, unless it's broke, you know, don't fix it. I, 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 it's such a big time brand. I don't, I just don't understand it. I, just think it's dumb. I mean, there's some rebranding in the past that we've seen of companies that I think's, you know, appropriate, but I don't get it. Don't get it at all. Bug yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're trying to make it into this whole <clears throat> like media conglomerate sort of deal. And I'm just sitting here like, I just want to tweet. Just let me tweet. Let me see tweets. Um, let, let, let me get like verified factual information from people who you don't have to pay eight bucks. Um, and it seems like it's had the opposite effect. The people with checkmark pay the eight bucks and there's a lot of misinformation out there. So um, it's frustrating to me. Me too. And I know a lot of people don't like Twitter, but you and I enjoy it. That's where we got a lot of our news mm-hmm. source. And not, yeah, we also don't like change. So. Yeah, that's that. That is a good point. Uh, e- Elon's trying to make <clears throat> make X a thing for years. Uh, he he tried to make PayPal when he was the CEO of PayPal X dot com back in nineteen ninety nine or something like that. I uh, ended up getting uh, let go from there because of that. And uh, there's there's been I mean sp- SpaceX. Um, so he uh, he he has this fascination with the uh, with the letter X. Well, uh, hopefully I'm not going to be getting an X for a wrong trivia answer tonight on birdie or bogey, which I'm assuming you have in the holster for me tonight. Thanks. That was a very good segue there, T-Dog. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Monday night, last Monday, Shohei Otani became the fifth player since 2000 with 35 homers in their team's first 95 games, joining what four players? to have hit 35 homers through the first 95 games. Um, I will think up a hit to give you later because it's going to be a tough one. Obviously, you should get one of them. Uh, That's a pretty obvious one. Um, Two of these guys have records, like home home run records. Um, One's a World Series champ, and one is no longer in the league. There you go. I think I have two of them. Two for a par. Two for a par. I think I think I can get a par out of this. I need it. I'm almost choked down now. So uh, three for a par. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say that makes more sense. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Three for a birdie. Three for a par. Four for birdie. Yeah. All right. All right. Yep. Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House is upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere located 703 Main Street in Rochester, Indiana, United States. Um, <laughs> I just, it is you got to get, get the zip code, too. Uh, oh, man. Uh, 46975. I do remember. There you that. go. I was going to say, yeah, good, good memory. <laughs> 
It is Wing Monday, dollar smoked wings, um, or uh, two dollar smoked whole wings, sorry, and one dollar off domestic beers every Monday over the weekend. I saw this prime rib special it was Saturday, July 21st and 22nd. I'm a big, big prime rib guy. Um, of course, I didn't make the trip down, but uh, it, it, it looked phenomenal. How many times a year do you eat prime rib, give or take? Uh, maybe once every couple years, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't eat it that much now. Now that I have a smoker, I might be able to smoke a prime rib. I don't know if that would work too well because it might uh, make it a little dry. But uh, yeah, it's um for some reason like I I would much prefer to eat prime rib on Thanksgiving than turkey. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I might have to start a new uh, month month tradition of eating prime rib on uh, Thanksgiving. My uncle makes prime rib once in a while, so I bet that's you good. Know, and then I do have it at least once a year. My company Christmas party, we have prime rib there. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm getting hungry. Just think about it. I haven't ate dinner yet. Oh, so I'm, man. I'm pretty hungry. I'm going to have to eat during the show. That's how hungry I am. <laughs> Go for it. Wouldn't be the first. I'm sure it wouldn't be the first. We've been doing this show. For, it's our seventh year. I'm sure it wouldn't be the first time one of us ate during the show. There's a distinct memory I have our first year where we decided to sit down and do all 30 draft picks in the nba uh, of the first round and you guys had golf league oh that yes night, and you, were, you were pounding a ham sandwich that's right we started the show i, I don't know that's why that's right like a, that's a core memory i have uh, well and then there was that one week ago. where we ordered pizza hut and it showed up 10 minutes before the podcast went on yeah. the air yeah uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it took an hour and a half to get to us because we were getting a snowstorm uh, which which we did we didn't we didn't we didn't eat it on the air but i think we had major heartburn because we scarfed a couple pieces we down scarfed, right before yeah the podcast. classic tan and j man oh yeah good times <laughs> good times all right well let's uh let's do the segment we've been promising for the past few weeks and get it out of the way so that way the tan and j man show nation gets it that's our mount rushmore of our favorite teams uh and, and i should preface that it's since we've been watching and rooting for those mm-hmm. teams so for instance denver broncos john elway's not on my mount rushmore because even though i remember him playing i wasn't a bronco fan at the time when i was five years old so we do a lot of mount rushmore lists but i feel like mount rushmore lists no matter what it is sports related non-sports related people change them almost every year yeah so i feel like it's always a good topic for a podcast so with that said, J-Man, why don't you kick us off with uh, whichever team's going first for you? Uh, man, I feel like I want to do the Dolphins first. Um, I will so do the Broncos right after the Dolphins. I have three Hall of Famers on my list, so that that, that made it pretty easy. Um, Dan Marino, Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas. That was mm-hmm. pretty easy. Um, pretty three. And Zach Thomas gets inducted here whenever next week or whenever the uh, – Hall of Fame is. Now, the fourth guy, they've been so bad for so long that I was kind of racking my brain. Who could be that fourth guy um, on that list? Could be Cam Wake. <clears throat> um, but the guy I settled on, believe it or not, is Tyreek Hill. I think wow. he is a Already. top four player uh, for the Miami Dolphins since I've been watching. I mean, he set franchise record and uh, catches this year. Um, I don't, I don't think he has a franchise record for receiving yards, but, uh, just the explosiveness he's added to the offense. And I'm expecting him to have a massive year this year too. Any honorable mentions? Uh, Cam, Cam Wake was probably, probably the only other guy, uh, I could really think of, um, Ricky Williams was in the convo, I believe it or not, but his, uh, was so short there. Uh, but they, uh, they haven't had too many good players there since, uh, since really I've been kind of following since about 97, 98, something like that. And I, I just saw the tail end of Marino's career. Uh, but uh, yeah. And, and Zach, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, two hall of famers on the same defense. Uh, it's uh, amazing. They didn't win as much as they did, but it comes down to who was playing quarterback. I mean, they had Jay Fiedler and um, the other guy, Ray Lucas and Brian Gracie. It was a Gus Farratt. It was a, terrible collection of quarterbacks <laughs> which is why you, know, you, that you know that that would be a fun topic some week would be like positions mount rushmore like the mount rushmore for miami dolphin quarterbacks in your lifetime running backs in your lifetime yeah that'd be that'd be yeah, fun yeah that would be kind yeah. of fun yeah uh my mount rushmore for the denver broncos um 
three of these, like you, pretty easy. Uh, with two Hall of Famers, one future Hall of Famer. And the fourth was kind of kind of difficult, but uh, the three easy ones, Peyton Manning, Von Miller, and Champ Bailey. Uh, pretty easy ones. Fourth one, I end up going with Demarius Thomas. Thought so. uh, yeah, pretty pretty good Denver Bronco. I, I mean, he will not make the NFL Hall of Fame. He might. I think he'll make the Broncos Ring of Fame someday. Uh, gone too soon. Unfortunately, passed away two years ago. Um, honorable mention, I put Chris Harris Jr., he was a pretty darn good uh, steady cornerback for the Broncos for a handful sure. number of years. Other than that, I'd be kind of grasping for spur- for straws. They've had a few okay running backs, but nobody's stellar. Um, you can make a case, I guess, for Emmanuel Sanders or an Eric Decker, even though he was more of a paid Manning product. They haven't had a consistent tight end. A lot of good defensive players. Just Aqib Tlaib is one, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, honorable mention. But, I mean, that, How about Justin Simmons? Yeah, he crossed my mind. I still think he needs another good year or two, but he's been pretty consistent since 2016. Uh, his teams just haven't been as good, so he doesn't get the notoriety. Um, Pat, Pat Sertan Jr., if he continues on this pace, he can be on there in a couple of years, I would say. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with those four. Uh, moving on to baseball here, um, the Cubs were a little more – they were more difficult than the Dolphins. Uh, but I would put uh, Sammy Sosa for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. set all these records. He's their all-time home run leader. Um, they they need to invite him back. Ricketts needs to swallow his pride and just invite him back. Apologize before it's too late. Yeah, exactly. They they can both apologize to each other. He needs to start coming around again because he was a massive part of the Chicago Cubs and a massive part in helping save baseball. Um, Anthony Rizzo, for sure. Uh, he 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 was their Derek Jeter. He he was the captain um, of those good teams. So I would absolutely put him on. Um, Johnny Lester is another one. He he was, oh, he was their bi- first big signing where you're like, oh man, they might be able to be pretty good. Uh, just steady. Um, one of the greatest postseason pitchers ever. You look at his numbers, and he's definitely the greatest postseason pitcher in uh, Chicago Cubs history. Uh, this fourth one. Um, it's still, honestly, I haven't decided yet <laughs> who it's going to be. Um, it's, it's kind of a coin flip because do, do I go with the player I loved back when I was kind of growing up in high school or do I go with the MVP, which is Chris Bryant? Um, Chris Bryant was rookie of the year. He was MVP, uh, had another two good years after that, but his, uh, his peak was so short, uh, compared to this guy. And I am going with Derek Lee. Uh, I figured he is, that he's yeah. my fourth guy. Uh, Love D Lee, uh, and he he was good for eight nine years with the Cubs, and had uh, the the greatest offensive season a Cub has had um, since Sosa. Obviously, his 2005 season. If if he was on a halfway decent team, that team was so mediocre, he would have been an easy MVP um, that year. And I think he finished third behind Pujols and Andrew Jones, I believe was second, but, uh, love D Lee. I would put him as, uh, as my fourth guy. I had three of your four correct. I didn't have John Lester on the list, but it makes sense, uh, for all the reasons you gave and to put a pitcher on the list. Totally makes sense. Yep. Uh, the Yankees, Derek Jeter, you just mentioned him. He's a no brainer. I think on the list, Mariano Rivera, Sandman, uh, played forever and was still, he could have played probably for another two years. I mean, he yeah. was still good his last season. CC Sabathia, um, I think he's a very underrated Yankee. Oh. Um, I mean, he was just uh, a birdie bow or an, an extra birdie or bogey answer not too long ago. Or maybe he was part of the answer. I don't remember what week that was. And then fourth, I went ahead and put Aaron Judge. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. some could say recently, recency bias, but he's been pretty darn good ever since he got up to the Yankees, including last year. And look what his uh, absence is due to the team this year. So, yeah, it, it feels like you kind of have to have the uh, single-season American League home run record yeah. holder on the on that list. Yeah, yeah I'd feel weird not. Uh, honorable mention, <laughs> I really struggle with the honorable mention. Alex Rodriguez, I think, is one. Of course, the steroid thing kind of tarnishes anything. Um, but other than that, a lot of good Yankees, but none that I even considered yeah. uh, unseating these for. I mean, Garrett Cole, if he continues doing what he's doing, uh, maybe he's already tied with Louisiana Lightning for the uh, most uh, 10 or more strikeout games in franchise history, and he's only been a Yankee for a year and a half. So that, that's yeah. pretty good. 
Um, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty good with those. A, a guy that people forget about is Robbie Cano, mainly because True. of the steroid stuff. But uh, he probably would have been on that list if it was not for the steroids, or close it's to. Very- it. It's very true, yeah. and I even forgot about him until you just mentioned yeah. him. Because he just tailed off after steroids. You know, he took the yeah. big deal with the Mariners. Never he got trouble steroids. Never very good. Mats didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. still hanging around last year with, uh, I want to say he, he, was a Bra- he was a Brave for a little while, and then he was a Padre. Okay. Um, I don't know if he was a twin or not. He might have been. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, he bounced around a few times last year, but it was it, it was clear he was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, in those years, but uh, Illinois basketball. This this was a fairly easy one. Um, Darren Williams, D Brown, Io DeSumo, Kofi Coburn. Udesumo got a nice contract extension by the yeah. Bulls. Yeah, three years, twenty one mil gets to stay home. So I I guess the Raptors wanted him pretty bad, but uh, he decided to stay home. I don't blame him. Yeah, that was seemed like a pretty easy list for you. Yeah, um, yeah the uh, the the four consensus All Americans uh, since I've been watching, and they they will all have their uh, number in the. I think they already do have their number in the rafters, but I kind of went a similar route with Purdue basketball, but I do have a list of honorable mentions too because you can make an argument argument for a lot of these guys. But I went with um, as my dog hawks on the floor. <laughs> uh, I went with uh, Robbie Hummel. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I will say Ethan Moore and Jawan Johnson are right there. Um, I only picked one of the three. The other two are on my honorable mention. But, uh, I mean, Ethan Moore, I think, is the most undervalued of them all. For sure. And he was the most steady. Yeah. But when Robbie was healthy, I think he was the best of the three as an overall basketball player. He just had two blow knees and came back and had a pretty darn good year in 2012. Uh, Caleb Swanigan. Uh, rest in peace. I mean, he was a beast for two years, especially his second year at Purdue. Um, consensus All-American, Big Ten Player of the Year. Nobody rebounded like Biggie did, did those two years in the Big Ten. Um, Carson Edwards, um, ultimate score at Purdue. Got better each of his three years he was there. Single-handedly helped him in the tournament, advanced to the Elite Eight, and darn near within an eyelash of the Final Four. And uh, you can... Yelled me for recency bias, but he's the national player of the year, Zach Eadie, yeah. last year. Um, was yeah. dominant. dominant. Uh, hopefully he can replicate that this year, but it's going to be tough because he had a heck of a year last year. Um, so, yeah, not too hard. Uh, three of those are pretty set in stone. I went I went back and forth with the humble one a little bit because I had Etuan Moore and Juwan Johnson on my, on my honorable mention. And I also had Carl Landry on my mm-hmm. honorable mention. He was only a Boilermaker for two years. Well, two years and plus five games. And, but he was really good. And unfortunately, he just played for a really bad team under Gene Cady. And then he helped Matt Painter get to his first NCAA tournament. Um, I mean, he was the number one uh, pick in the, in the second round by the uh, Seattle yeah. Supersonics. And uh, made a good NBA career for himself. Yeah. For the, yeah. for the Rockets and Kings and Warriors and uh, a few other places along the way I can't think of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, my uh, one honorable mention would have been Malcolm Hill. Uh, third okay. all-time leading scorer uh, in school history. He was on some very mediocre teams that uh, John Gross couldn't find him a point guard to help. Uh, his buddy Ken Nunn, if he would have just stayed, that's an easy tourney team. Well, he had to get kicked off the team. Uh, and But he stuck it out, didn't complain, and uh, was a re- he was really good. And people just – they don't really value him as much as they should because the teams weren't very good. But uh, he's he's the one player I felt bad never made an NCAA tournament. Uh, and he, he was like the first senior who was there all four years to not make a single NCAA tournament since like the 70s. So that made it even worse. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, if yeah, I've, I felt bad for him, but he would be my honorable mention. Did you make an uh, Illinois football one? I, I do have one in my head. Okay. Um I'm so wishy-washy with Illinois football when they're halfway decent. Like, yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah. when they're not, I'm no, no, don't watch them. Which, <laughs> which is accurate. Um, my top four guys, uh, I, I'm basing off seasons. Uh, sure. Top four seasons. Uh, Devin Weatherspoon this year. I mean, he's top five pick. Um, and credit Lovey for finding him because he uh, he got to school real late in August because he. Uh, literally just qualified he was like 150 pounds uh but lovey liked his attitude and his athleticism and um 
Bielema's staff came in and took him to a whole new level with Ryan Walters and Aaron Henry and Bielema himself. Um, so he's on it. Uh, Whitney Merciless, for sure. He had 16 and a half sacks. I think he led the nation in tackles for loss in 2011. I believe he was there. Unbelievable season. First round pick. Um, Rashard Mendenhall, uh, for sure. He's probably the best running back they've had. Uh, definitely this century. Uh, first round pick as well. Um, fourth guy was tougher. They've had some first round picks like AJ Jenkins. We was kind of a one year wonder. Um, they had some just trash teams from like 2012 through last year, <laughs> last year. Um, Juice Williams was a fan favorite, but I wouldn't call him one of the better ones. Um, maybe, maybe Aurelius Ben. Well, that's good. Was, I was going to guess mean, Michael LaShore. Michael LaShore. Uh, yeah, Michael LaShore was close. Uh, he had, yeah, he had one really good year and he had a 300 yard game in Wrigley Field against Northwestern. Um, but Aurelius Ben, I mean, he was a kick. Kick returner and kicks back for touchdowns had over a thousand yards receiving multiple year, I believe multiple years. Second round pick of the Jags. Um, he was like the first five star guy uh, that committed there and ended up going to a Rose Bowl. So Yeah, I, we we were pretty young for this, but uh I'm sure older Illinois fans could say Kirk Kittner with the sugar Kirk, bowl year. Yeah, I don't really remember him. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who else was on that team, to be honest. That was back in 01. So. No. Pierre Thomas had a really good NFL career, but he was – I don't think he ever had a 1,000 yards Did rushing there. Brandon Lloyd? Brandon Lloyd could be the other guy. Uh, he, he was great. He was not well-liked at all by his teammates, supposedly. I just literally just read a story about him the other day uh, at Illinois that his, uh, his two uh, – the other two starting receivers who played in the NFL, Greg Lewis and Aaron Moorhead, uh, both absolutely despised Brandon Lloyd and would just play merciless pranks on him the entire uh, time Lloyd was there. So, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, my Purdue football one, another one where I had a lot of honorable mentions. Uh, first one on the Mount Rushmore is a no-brainer, Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Um, second one, you can make a debate, but I went ahead and put Kyle Orton. I'm a big Kyle Orton okay. fan, and when healthy, he was pretty darn good at Purdue. He just was banged up his junior year and senior year a little bit. Um, third one, Ryan Kerrigan. I think a lot of uh, football fans forget how, outside of Purdue fans, forget how good he was because he didn't uh-huh. play on good teams. I mean, he was the 2010 Big Ten defense player of the year over J.J. Watts. Uh, and then they both went in the first round. JJ ended up having a better career, but Ryan still had a good career for the Redskins, now Commanders, and then played one year for the Eagles. Uh, and fourth, uh, once again, could be recency bias, but uh, David Bell. Um, I know a lot of people would put Rondell Moore, but Rondell Moore had a phenomenal freshman year. Then he got banged up. David Bell was good all three years at Purdue, and yeah. he was, I just think, the better collegiate wide receiver than Ron Dubmore was. We'll see which one's the better pro. Neither one of them's really come on yet in the pros. Uh, Rondell has one more year experience in the pros, but he's been hurt. David Bell didn't do much for the Browns last year. Um, honorable mention, uh, school interception leader Stuart Swaggart. Uh, he was good all four years. He's a freshman All-American on the Rose Bowl team and then uh, led senior year the best Purdue defense I've ever seen to a Capital One Bowl. Anthony Spencer, I think Purdue... Uh, people outside Purdue forget about dom- forgot forget about how dominant he was this senior. He was a first round pick by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Ricardo Allen once again played on some not so good Purdue teams, but he was a playmaker and would change games, uh, particularly his freshman year when they went four and eight. I think he had like seven or eight picks that year alone, something stupid. Um, Rondell Moore, of course, honorable mention, just basically based on his freshman year. And then Aiden O'Connell was honorable mention for me as well because he uh, ended up having a pretty darn good uh, college football career yeah. after being a walk-on. A walk-on, yeah. So, and I had one more list here. I'll fly through. Colorado Avalanche, I made a list for them. Uh, Peter Forsberg, Joe Sackick, Patrick Wall, those are easy. Stanley Cup guys from 96 and 01 and legends within the franchise. And I put Nathan McKinnon on the list. Uh, one of the best hockey players there is right now going. Honorable mention, uh, the captain, Gabriel Landeskog, who – Poor guy didn't play at all this year and is already out next year, too, with another knee surgery. Um, he says he's not done for his career, but I don't know. I, I mean, He hasn't played since uh, they won the Stanley Cup in 2021. Um, 
Also, Kale McCarr, um, young phenom right now in the Colorado Avalanche. And I have Matt Duchesne, who played on some not-so-good Avalanche teams before they trade him away when they were becoming good. That'll do it. Neat. But do you have uh, Valentine's Day? Yes, I do. I was just about to say, do you want to get all educated? Oh, you always know that answer. I need to get smarter every day of my life. <laughs> in on this day in 1893, for only the for the only time in history of U.S. tennis championships, an event is held off the Eastern Seaboard. The men's double championship was held in Chicago. Chicago. I should I should uh, note we we had a Facebook comment during the Mount Rushmore section and I'm just now seeing it so I apologize. Our, uh, mother of one of our good friends, Mary Eiler, commented. She said Jorge Posado and Bernie Williams for the Yankees. Those are yeah, those are good ones too, for yep. sure. The core four. You can make an argument. You could just do a core four Mount Rushmore, I suppose. Yeah. On this day in 1956, who won the PGA Championship Men's Golf at Blue Hill Country Club? 56. Ooh. Well, wasn't Arnold Palmer? He never got that one. Um, let's go Ben Hogan. I think that's two. Jack Burke Jr. No. Yeah. He had a uh, he had a real good year that year. He also won the Masters. Wow, I've never heard of the guy. Anyone really? two majors in one year? Huh. Yeah. Uh, huh. On this day in 1958, Teddy Williams always has to make an appearance. Always, uh, but uh, this is not for a good one. He was fined 250 dollars for spitting at Boston fans again. Yeah, we don't need those bodily fluids, Teddy. Come uh, on now. If if any fan base deserves to get spit at, it's the Boston's, re- regardless true. of sport. That is true. That's true. But. On this day in 1960, who won PGA Championship Men's Golf? 1960. It was this. It was this guy's only major. Okay. So I don't think you're gonna. <laughs> well, just give it to me. Jay Hebert. Nope. I knew it was too. It was too early for Nicholas because Nicholas, I think, was still in college then. Hmm. Um. Here on 1966 PGA Championship Men's Golf, it was his only major win. Uh, Al Geiperger. I've never heard of any of these guys. I'm, I'm learning, though. I'm learning. That's what this segment's about, learning, educating. Have so. you ever heard of Don January? Nope. <laughs> he won his only major on this day in 1967, the PGA Championship Men's Golf. What a bad month to be named after. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a terrible month, even though it's my birthday. You know, yeah, my birthday. But uh, other than that. Okay, I take it back. I, wanna... I take it back just because of Megan. <laughs> I said it in spite of you, but I'll take it back now. Yeah. Uh, 1973 MLB All-Star Game MVP was who? 73? Hank Aaron. Bobby Bonds. Oh. On this day, uh, <laughs> 1978, Billy Martin was a character. He resigned as Yankees manager after one is a born liar, the other a convicted one. A comment about uh, George Steinbrenner and Reggie Jackson. <laughs> that dude was Yankee manager like a million times, got fired yeah. a million times, also got that's fired at other places he was at. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pretty legendary uh, legendary quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this day in 1983 was the Pine Tar game. 40 years ago today, George Brett's George home Brett. was disallowed against the Yankees. It's pretty legendary. Um, on this day in 1993, New York Met Anthony Young loses his record 27th straight game. It's a bad stretch. That is just horrendous. Who won the Tour de France on this day in 2005? Lance Armstrong. There was no winner. Trick question. Lance Armstrong retires after winning a record seventh consecutive victory, but it was disqualified in 2012 for doping. Ah, uh, he still wanted. On I can only name you him and Floyd two... Landis. I can't even name you any other cyclists. Yeah. Who won? Oh, that's Senior Open. Uh, that would have been a little tougher. Um, that is going to do it. And that association, that was a pretty good one this week. On this day, you mean? 
That's what I mean. What did I say? Yes. Word association. Word association. Yeah. Uh, which is my apologies. Which is, which is coming a little later in the episode. But that is the on this day segment, which is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week. Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs, and their pieces are a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. You don't have to take my word for it. You can see some of their recently completed projects by visiting them on Instagram and Facebook. At Mooney Woodcrafts is their handle on there. And if you let them know that Tan and J-Man Show sent you, you get 15% off your sign order. So get those sign orders in, no matter if it's sports-related, military-related, family-related, whatever it is, that can get done for you. Let them know that Tan and J-Man Show sent you. You want to talk some baseball here real quick before we get into the Big 12? Yeah, I uh, yeah, I might hit on the the open championship if if we get a chance at the end. If not, pretty boring tournament. Uh, kudos to Brian Harmon. Yeah. Guy had two career wins. Oh, I'll just get out of the way right now. I'll make it like two minutes. Two career wins going into the weekend. He had a five five stroke lead on Saturday. You were at the John Deere. Yes, uh, he hadn't won in six years. Uh, I thought he would fold going into Saturday, and he had a bogey, bogey, he, two bogeys, the first four holes on Saturday. Lead got down to two, but then by the end of Saturday, he had it back up to five, and he ended up winning by six. Uh, once in a while, like I was telling you before we started recording, we'll see a dud of a major where somebody just kind of blows the field away, and it's pretty boring throughout the week. But usually it's by a top 10 or top 20 player in the world, not a Brian Harmon. But here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said in our group text message, another first-time major winner. That's not Ricky Fowler, uh, which Ricky tied for 23, had some good moments, but also had some ugly moments over there. But uh, the major championships are done for golf, so now it's the FedEx Cup Championship and then the Ryder Cup. So those are the two main big things remaining. Um, so we went a decade without Rory McIlroy winning a major championship. Crazy. Unbelievable. Uh, when I checked yesterday, he was tied for second. It was pretty early, but he was still like six strokes back or some five strokes back. Um, where did he end he, up? He made a run, uh, but in the end, he tied for sixth. Um, hmm. There was a four-way tie for second. Seb Straka, Jason Day, Tom Kim, and John Rom all tied for second. But like I said, they were seven under, and Brian Harmon was 13 under. So Tom Kim had the best round of the day yesterday um, at four under par. The weather was really nasty yesterday. Hmm. Is it the PGA that was moved to May? Yes. Yep. It used to be the last one in the so, rotation. Yep. Yeah. Do you do you prefer do you wish it was back in August or whenever so you'd have another major to look forward I to? I do. I do. But it's also nice to get one every month for four straight months. Yeah. So and then you get, then you get the FedEx Cup, which is big, and you know that's what they asked Rory if he's going to dwell on not winning a major in a deck during that deck last decade. What's he going to say? Oh yeah, he said no. I still have won yeah. three FedEx Cups, and I'm trying to aim for my fourth this year. Which I still think eventually he's going to knock that door down and get another major. But it is just wild. If you would have told me when the PGA Championship ended in 2014 of Valhalla that he was going to go a decade without winning one, I would have said, you're absolutely out of your mind. I said, he's not yeah. going to win just one. He's going to win two, three, or four more in a decade. And and here we are. He didn't win any. So I just, the younger golfers are getting better and better. It's harder and harder to win one. So, yeah. Yep. Now we can talk baseball. Space. Baseball, real quick, before we talk some MIG-12. Trade deadline is a week from tomorrow. So we've already seen a little bit of action. Uh, not a whole lot. Braves made a trade for a reliever with the Rockies today. Uh, Pierce Johnson going to Atlanta, former Chicago Cub. Great Pierce Johnson, I should say. Um, he has an ERA of about six, but that's uh, that's pretty average for a Colorado Rocky pitcher uh, at this point of the year. Um, but uh, Cubs been playing some pretty good baseball, you know. I think I said last week it's a must sweep series against the Nationals. Well, of course they laid an egg on Monday. So <laughs> ended up five and two uh, over the week, taking three or four from uh, the St. Louis Cardinals over the weekend, and they find themselves uh, coming into the show today five back of a wild card spot. Um, so they are still kind of in the thick of things. 
Uh, Cody Bellinger has been on an absolute heater, and he has been the best hitter in all of baseball uh, in the month of July, believe it or not, uh, and really since he came back from the injured list on June 24th. Since June 24th, Cody Bellinger's hitting 446 with a 475 on base percentage, a 728 slugging percentage. Uh, and this month alone, he uh, is hitting 457 with six homers. Um, he had 238 weighted runs created plus, uh, fifth lowest strikeout rate in all of baseball uh, this month. So um, I tweeted yesterday, if Cody Bellinger is traded within the next nine days, I will burn Wrigley Field to the ground. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be burning Wrigley Field to the ground. However, I think it would be asinine and set this franchise back. You need to keep him. You need Don't to try to put a pass Jed. Don't put a pass Jed. Uh, need to sign him. <laughs> in the, I'm just getting mad thinking about it, Tanner. Um, need to <laughs> sign him in the offseason. He's 27 years old. This yeah. dude is entering his prime. It seems like he's completely back from his bad couple years uh, post-MVP. He is perfect for Wrigley Field. He is an above-average defensive center fielder, an above-average defensive first baseman. They're looking for both of those guys right now, a center fielder and a first baseman. 27 years old, as I said. Turns 28 this year. Um, he is turning back into a superstar, and you could build around this guy. Um, he's a rental bat, so the price tag and the, or the price guys will be willing to give up for him at the deadline is not going to be as much as you want it to be. Uh, so you are better off just keeping him, trying to make a run at a, a postseason spot. They're still kind of in the thick of things. Um, their schedule, they have the easiest schedule in the National League in the second half. They have, I think, six head-to-head games against the Reds, se- six or seven against the Reds, six or seven against the Brewers. So you, you have opportunities to make up this ground here, and it would be um, the worst possible thing to trade a Cody Bellinger or a Marcus Stroman. You need to buy at the deadline uh, if you want any hope of competing next year. Um, you you have to do this, but I don't. I think Jed's too much of a uh, too much of a wuss to even uh, to even attempt it because he doesn't like to take any sort of chance. So he's going to set them back another couple years uh, by um, trading these guys away. And I I will be furious. I will be absolutely beside myself if they trade some of these guys away. I and the ISC Sports Network both appreciate you censoring yourself a little bit so the FCC did, doesn't get mad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but as I said, Cubs have played some pretty good baseball since the All-Star break. They are literally leading Major League Baseball and weighted on base average, uh, 370. So they're getting on base a ton, scoring a bunch of runs. Um, their pitching's been okay since the All-Star break. Uh, Jameson Tyone's kind of turned things around. Since the All-Star break, he's made three starts, 1.86 ERA. It looks like the Jameson Tyone uh, they were signing um, coming into the year. So hopefully this is a this is a turning point. There's still three games under 500, but again, they're kind of they're kind of right there because the other teams ahead of them, uh, at least the wild card go. The Reds are still playing pretty well, uh, but the uh, Marlins, Phillies, Giants, and Diamondbacks have all really struggled here the past uh, few few weeks or so. And the Cubs have the best run differential um, of the teams vying for a wild card spot. Uh, that includes the Reds, D-backs, Giants, Phillies, Marlins, Padres, Mets, all these teams. Um, so they're they're still in it. They have to continue winning games. They have uh, – uh, two series against bad teams this year. They are on the road uh, at the Chicago White Sox, which that's never easy. And then at St. Louis, which is, again, never easy. And I'm hoping the uh, St. Louis Cardinals start there tearing down and selling here uh, before that series so it can, they can kind of go in with uh, maybe a couple easy wins. Uh, they, they need to go at least 4-2 and two this week. Uh, get one game under 500. I think that will force Jed's hand to keep these guys and try to make a run. They have obviously a lot of a lot of holes they need uh, first third baseman, a DH they need uh, probably another starting pitching pitcher. They need bullpen help. So, and they, they have a gluttony of, um, of prospects and in their minor league system, they have a ton of depth so they, they can trade from this depth that are blocked uh, to kind of go and improve their roster and kind of make a run. Cause I, I think they're capable of doing it. Um, they just, they just have to continue winning and 
Hopefully Bellinger continue his hot stretch. And Nico Horner's been better. Dampsey Swanson's back, and he's playing pretty well. Seiya Suzuki's been good since the All-Star break. Ian Happ's been okay uh, since the break. So uh, hopefully they can kind of keep her together and uh, start chipping away a little bit. Um, but uh, elsewhere around baseball, as I said, Reds have been playing pretty well. Uh, they're a half game behind the Brewers. Brewers have been playing well. Dodgers are separating themselves a little bit in the NLS, four games up. Braves, you might as well just clinch now. They're 11 and a half up on the Phillies and the Marlins. That one's over. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles have overtaken the Tampa Bay Rays, who are under 500 since uh, the middle of May. Uh, and Baltimore has the best record in the American League, believe it or not, at 61 and 38. And they are for sure buyers need to go out and get pitching. But that offense is dynamite. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays um, have played, as, as I said, they have not played that well uh, since May, but they're still a really good roster and they'll be buyers at the deadline. Toronto Blue Jays have start, are still hanging around 10 games over 500. And then the Red Sox and Yankees are tied for fourth and or tied for last. You can look at it that way too. Eight and a half games back. Who knows if Judge will be back anytime soon? Uh, Yankees have a lot of holes, especially offensively. Uh, AL Central. The Minnesota Twins are starting to play a little better. Five games over 500. Three games up on Cleveland. Detroit's hanging in there. Seven back. White Sox are done. Twelve back. The Kansas City Royals are 28 and 73. That is embarrassing. Uh, they need to tear Kauffman Stadium down and start all over. Probably would if they um, win a World Series within the last decade. Yeah. Um, the AOS, Texas Rangers are still playing pretty well, 18 games over 500. Astros are hot on their uh, trail, three games back, 12 games over. Angels have played some good baseball, but they're eight games out of the AOS, and they are four games out of a wild card spot. Uh, the biggest storyline this week over the next eight days will be is Shohei Otani going to be traded um and this will be the J man's book it prediction of the week I think Shohei Otani will be traded between now and next Monday um as far as teams go uh I don't think the Angels will the Angels obviously won't trade him in division I don't think they'll trade him to the LA Dodgers uh, the team to look out for, and I and I think I mentioned this last week, is the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they could use, obviously, could use top of the rotation starter and an elite bat in the middle of their lineup. Because um, I have I read that the Tampa Tampa Bay thinks this is the best roster they've ever assembled, and they are going to go hard for a World Series championship. And uh, trading for uh, the best player in baseball will uh, will definitely help in their pursuit of that. Uh, so I think Shohei gets traded. Uh, J-Man's Book of British Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for Life, Home, Auto, Business, Renters, Workers' Comp, and Farm Insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. Uh, Seattle Mariners have been disappointing. They're only one game over 500, but uh, Jerry Depoto there, um, he likes to wheel and deal, so I bet they have a surprise or two up their sleeve uh, heading into the trade deadline. And then the Oakland Athletics. Just a half game worse than the terrible Kansas City Royals at uh, 28 and 74. And I don't think either of those teams won 50 games this year. And that is embarrassing. They should, they should be on, honestly, they, they should do what they do for soccer over in Europe where you get relegated to AAA <laughs> um, and you call up one of the best AAA. I know that doesn't work here in this scenario, but that, that, that'd make it, that'd make it so teams don't tank. They, they got to do something because uh, that's, that's just pathetic. Yeah, absolutely pathetic. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, trade deadline's almost here. It seems like the season just started. Now we got to the Hall of Fame game for football next week. We have the trade deadline coming up. So media days for college uh, football going on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we are hitting the dog days of summer and fall will be here before we know it. Well, we are previewing the Big 12 tonight. Uh, before we get into that, I have some Big 12 related word association. I thought we'd Beautiful. fly through. Um, so I thought let's let's start with the four newcomer new coming new incoming teams to the Big 12 this year. I cannot talk. I did one player for every Big 12 team. So we'll start with one of the new ones, Cincinnati Bearcats, Travis Kelsey. Um, you could venture to say he is already a top three tight end in the NFL uh, in NFL history. Um, and he might end up being the best one of the bunch. Uh, he's, he's probably the best receiving tight end we've ever yeah. seen. 
Um, and uh, I know you don't like him, but I find him pretty likable. Can't stand him, but he's a heck of a player. <laughs> heck of a player. I cannot. I cannot uh, rip his on the field play. So yeah. Uh, Houston Case Keenum. Case Keesum, as uh, Johnny Elway likes that to say. That worked out well. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he's going to be – obviously, he's the all-time touchdown leader in college football history for passing. Um, so he'll be known for that. But his miracle season, fluke season in Minnesota, and, of course, the uh, the miracle what, – what, what, what do they call that? The uh, Minneapolis miracle. Minneapolis miracle. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, He'll he'll definitely be known for that in the NFL, but I mean he's hung around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a backup on the. Uh, we just talked about uh, Texans again. Houston, yeah. Yep. Uh, BYU, Brigham Young University, Taysom Hill. Probably the most overrated player I can remember, uh, <laughs> just because he played a bunch of positions. He could play special teams. He could play tight end. He could play quarterback. He was wide receiver. Um, Sean Payton loved him. I'm surprised he hasn't made it. I'm surprised he hasn't traded a first round pick for him. To be honest. <laughs> Don't don't um, don't even get that started. <laughs> he uh, he's he hasn't done anything yet. The uh, NFL loves him, and they put like a when he was a restricted free agent. I think they put a first round tender on him, which no one was going to touch. That no one was gonna, no one was going to touch a fifth round tender on this son of a gun. Uh, but Sean Payton sure loved him. Hey, UCF, your favorite Miami Dolphin of all time, Dante Culpepper. Dante, I knew that was coming. Um, Set the franchise back. They haven't recovered. They literally have not recovered <laughs> since old Nick Saban uh, decided to choose a different quarterback than he should have. Um, Dante, I thought was pretty overrated to begin with. Not back then, uh, but looking back, he, oh, man, that dude threw a lot of interceptions, and he just pretty much threw it as far as he could and hope Randy Moss caught it. That that was pretty much his strategy. He wasn't that good of a quarterback at all. TCU, Texas Christian University, LaDainian Thompson. Yeah, one of the greatest running backs of this generation. Uh, for sure, he could he could catch, he could run, and he could pass through a couple touchdowns in his career. Um, he, he had that iconic uh, little celebration he did after scoring a touchdown that uh, I always tried to emulate when I was scoring <laughs> many touchdowns in your backyard. Uh, countless. Can't count them all. <laughs> Kansas State, Darren Sproles. Short little fella, uh, great punt, kick returner, catch the ball to the backfield, um, could do it all. I mean, he was fun to watch, and he hung around for a long time, long too, time. for a guy as small as he was. Yep. Oklahoma, Sam Bradford. Um, I wouldn't call him a bust. Um, he had, I mean, he made a lot of money uh, for not really being all that productive. He had some injury issues, put in a bad situation there in St. Louis. Um, with the Rams, but uh, great college guy, obviously. Texas Vince Young. Oh, one of the greatest, uh, probably the greatest national championship game I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, legendary performance, and it just didn't work out very well in the NFL. Texas Tech, Michael Crabtree. I'll never forget that game. I forget who they were playing. Under the lights, Graham Harrell was Texas. the quarterback. They were playing um, Texas. Was it Texas? Yeah. Uh, he caught that ball and walked in with about four seconds left to win it. Mm-hmm. Game day was um, there. He had a long yep. NFL career, too. He had a pretty good NFL career. Baylor, Robert Griffin III. What could have been? Um, that entire draft class, you look at it, it was, it was an interesting one. I mean, Andrew Luck retires early. RG3 blows out his knee. Tannehill was starting to, like, come on and look like a really good NFL quarterback. He blows out his knee. Uh, and then you have old Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins there in the third, fourth round, and they're probably the two best of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kansas, Aqib Tlaib. It's about the only – well, Chris Harris played there too, I guess. Yeah, say same team for what, a year. Yeah. Um, a lot of interceptions, dirty, uh, trash target. He, he was the epitome of cornerback. Yes, yes, 100%. Oklahoma State, Barry Sanders. Oh man, he was on some bad Lions teams that somehow made the playoffs. Um, they, they they always said we we only put four linemen out there and just hope Barry missed the other guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what they did. Two more Iowa State Brock Purdy. 
Um, he had his fun in the sun, and I don't think he'll ever be able to replicate what he did last year. Either. He's putting a pretty perfect situation for him. In West Virginia, Geno Smith. Geno, man, he he parlayed that really good one year of his career into a pretty good payday, and I don't mm-hmm. think he'll be able to replicate that this I year. I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. It's a good list. All right, 10 minutes left, Big 12 conference preview time. The last year, Oklahoma and Texas are in the Big 12, so this year's 14 teams with the addition of UCF, BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati. Next year it goes back to 12 with Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. But uh, let's start off. I am guessing you have the same conference champion prediction that I do. Go for it. I have Texas. I have uh, the Longhorns as well. Quinn Ewers uh, is there. Uh, they obviously lost a lot in Bijan Robinson, but uh, Quinn Ewers is one of the top, probably ten guys for the Heisman right now. Uh, they have Arch Manning as well. I wonder how yep. much he'll be able to play. He might, he might only do the four four game thing and then redshirt. Their QB uh, room but, uh, stacked. All four of them stacked. Yeah. They lost Hudson Carr who transferred to Purdue. Uh, yeah, but big year for Steve Sarkeesian though because I think he has. They have to produce this year. Yeah, if if they don't, I mean they they get restless there. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Um, Interesting name to keep an eye on. You talked about B. John Robinson losing them in the first round of the Falcons. They have three or four running backs who will probably see action. Watch for C.J. Baxter. He was the number one rated uh, running back in the country last year in high school. So watch for him. Yeah. Watch for him. Um, Let's see here. Uh, number two. I have Kansas State. Uh, I do too. Quarter- I do too. Quarterback Will Howard returns. They got a transfer running back from Florida State, Treshawn Ward. Uh, they they were good last year, and uh, their head coach, who was I, I believe he was at North Dakota State, Klein, Kleinman, is that his name? Yep, yep, Kleinman. Um, he, uh, I, I think he's going to turn them into a really good program again. Yeah, um, Will Howard looks like he's going to be their quarterback. Adrian Martinez mm-hmm. was last year. He's finally out of college football. Yeah, Will Howard actually ended up playing more than Adrian Martinez because Martinez towards the end of the year, five 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 games, so he's got some yeah. experience. They lost uh, Deuce Vaughn. And another pass rusher in the first round. I so I mean people forget they won the Big Twelve championship game last year over TCU. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Number three, I have Oklahoma. I do as well. Uh, it was their first season under five hundred since nineteen ninety eight. Uh, Venables there. Uh, he's <laughs> if if they go under five hundred again, I wouldn't be surprised if he's two and. Oh, it, it wouldn't shock me um, at all. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel's back. He threw twenty five touchdowns last year. Uh, should be able to put up some points. Uh, and you you would assume Venables would have a really good defense, although they were not good last year. They gave up 30 points per game last year, including a 49-0 loss in the Red River shootout yeah. against Texas. Um, defense has got to be better. they got to figure out who's going to be their offensive production. They lost Marvin Mims to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, Javante Barnes and Gavin uh, Stuchuk are their two running backs. We'll see action. So, yeah. Number four for you. I have Texas Christian. Uh, I, I I think we're just copying each other <laughs> at this point. They uh, they lost a lot on offense, but they got a lot back on defense. Uh, I'm not sure who their projected quarterback is, but Chandler uh, Morris. They should be fairly solid. Yep, Sonny Dykes, unbelievable job there. National runner up. Yeah. Uh, Max Duggan gone. Chandler Morris going to be their their quarterback, but they did lose their top two uh, leading rushers three wide receivers, and some starting alignments, so a lot to replace on yeah. offense. But their defense should be really good, led by Johnny Hodges and Josh Newton, linebacker and cornerback. Number five. Oklahoma State. We finally differ. <laughs> I have Texas Tech. Yeah. They went 7-6 and six last year, transfer from Michigan, Alan Bowman, who, uh, who's who been around for a while now, um, quarterback. Yeah, he uh, was formerly at Michigan and uh, – and um, uh, Texas Tech. Uh, mm-hmm. Gundy yeah. has not had a losing season in Oklahoma State since he took over in 05. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a rough schedule. Um, but or No, they have an easy schedule, I have in my notes. But defense is a big question mark. They lost all, all of defense. Yeah. And, and I have Oklahoma State all – I have them at nine, actually. Oh, Fifth for me, I have Texas Tech. Um, they're always going to put up points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jerry Jerry McGoins is their coach. They went eight and five last year. They have fourteen starters back. Um, Tyler Shucks, their quarterback. Their defense returned six starters. They led the Big Twelve in sacks last year. 
Um, and they were ninth in red zone defense in the country. So if they can replicate that with yeah. uh, what they do on offense, they should be right in the mix again. Yeah, I have tax- <clears throat> Texas Tech sixth, so I'm not too far off. A lot of their starting offense return. So I have UCF, a brand new okay. one in the conference. Uh, Gus Malzahn, pretty good coach there. John Ray's Plumley's their quarterback. He's been there a couple mm-hmm. of years. They do have a new defensive coordinator, Addison Williams, as Travis Williams left for Arkansas. Uh, they do have a tough schedule on the road, though. They're at Boise State in a non-con, at Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech within a conference. But if they can get two of those, they could be riding a mix. I have UCF 9. Uh, John Reese Plumley, as you said, uh, saw a cool video with him back in the spring. He uh, He's on UCF's baseball team. He's one of their better baseball oh, wow. players. Played a baseball game, left about mid-game to go play in the spring game and threw a few touchdowns. So That's that was, pretty that cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I have them ninth. I have Baylor seventh. I do as well. Um, they went six and seven last year. They got a lot back on offense, and they'll always be able to score some points. Yeah, they uh, have a quarterback competition going on between Blake uh, Schappen and Sawyer Robinson Robertson, who transferred from Mississippi State. Their defense allowed 26.8 points per game this year, so they could not replicate 2021. Got a brand-new defense coordinator, actually, uh, Matt Polage. And they, they only returned one starter in the secondary, though. That could be a good thing with their defense yeah. not being as good last year. I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. I have Kansas eighth. I do uh, as well. J- Jalen Daniels, preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. Great Friday night matchup between two usually terrible programs. Uh, and Illinois plays at Kansas. I think oh, week wow. two or week three, something like that. Of course, of course, when they schedule the game, like, oh, that's an easy win. And now, of course, that Kansas is halfway decent. That's typical Illinois luck. Lance Leopold, uh, six and seven year last year after going ten at, uh, two and ten the previous year, got a big contract extension. They returned more offenses in production than any team in the FBS. Ten offense starters starters back, and the one starter that they lost was a uh, office lineman. They got Logan Brown, offensive tackle transfer from Wisconsin, former five star. So that'll do. Dang, yeah. As I said, I have UCF nine. I have Oklahoma State. Uh, I have Iowa State ten. I do as well. Um, much like David Shaw, Matt Campbell should have left when he had the chance because I don't think they'll be very good. Four and eight last year. Um, yep. Um, yeah. They have uh, uh, who is their quarterback? Is Hunter Deckers? His first losing season last year since 2016. Defense should be good. Very experienced. New offense coordinator Nathan Shieldhouse. Yeah. Um, and he's replacing Tom Manning. And uh, they need to limit turnovers. They had 23 turnovers last year. Dang. Yeah, I have BYU eleventh. I do too. I, didn't even, I haven't even wrote any notes down for these final fourteen. Kalane Sitaki, I think is how you yeah. pronounce the coach's name. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kenan Slovis is their quarterback, former oh, Pitt and USC yeah. quarterback. New defense coordinator Jay Hill, um, and they do have a good transfer running back from Louisville, Aiden Robbins, to keep an eye on. I have Houston twelfth. I do as well. Dana Holgerson against West Virginia. If they play, I don't even know if they play this year. Uh, could be interesting. It went eight and five last year after a twelve and two year the previous, so kind of a letdown. Yeah. Uh, Texas Tech transfer quarterback Devin Smith or sophomore Lucas Coley will be their quarterback. Defense gave up thirty two point two points per game, which is one hundred twelfth nationally. Uh, projected running back starting running back transferred to spring to Colorado, so they're not sure who the running back is going to be. A lot of questions to be answered there down in Houston. I have Cincinnati thirteenth. I have West Virginia, and then I have okay. Cincinnati last. I have West Virginia 14th. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about West Virginia. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati, um, obviously losing their entire coaching staff and yeah. recruits and stuff. Yep. They could. It'll be a transition year for yep. them. Yep. Their defense should be good, but Scott Satterfield's got a bunch of new faces on offense. Yeah. Arizona State transfers quarterbacks and Maury Jones. Um, and then West Virginia, I think Neil Brown has to produce this year. Or he's going to lose his job. I Five agree. and seven last year. He's 14 and 21 in Big Ten play. Uh, the quarterbacks here are going to be Garrett Big Green or, or Not Big Ten play. Big, yeah, Big 12 play. <laughs> Garrett Green looks like he's going to be their quarterback. They returned all their offensive line and three running backs, so that should help. But their defense gave up 32.9 points per game, including 262.7 pass yards per game. Not too good there in Morgantown. Yeah. Uh, we're out of time. So we are. Uh, I will give you the birdie bogey real quick. Uh, Shohei Otani became the fifth player since 2000 with 35 homers in their team's first. 95 games. Four other players have done this. Who are those four players? Barry Bonds. Yep. Luis Gonzalez. Yep. So I can't wait to get a par. Oh, shoot. Um, 
forget your clues earlier, darn it. Uh, McGuire? Nope. One more shot for a par there, T-Dog. I'm blanking, so I'm going to get a stupid bogey. Uh, I'm going with Aaron Judge. You got it. Oh, God. I, I, I didn't think you'd get Luis Gonzalez. I thought yeah. you'd get Judge and Bonds. Uh, and the other guy's Chris Davis. That would have been a yeah. tough one. No. I'm, I'm happy with the par. Staying one stroke yeah. back. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Thanks for watching the Tan and J-Man show. We will have our Pac-12 preview next Pac-12 after dark. Fantastic week, everybody.